1: Your
0: listen, listen, listen. Welcome to the second episode of the Counterpoint Podcast brought to you by BGN Radio. I'm your host as always, Jack Fritz. On the first episode of the Counterpoint Podcast, we discussed important hard-hitting eagle subjects like calling Alshon Jeffrey Alshon and not Al. Hear all of our episodes on BGNRadio.com or search them on iTunes at BGN Radio. On today's episode, we'll discuss LeGarrette Blunt's weight clause... I'll give you the hashtag 100 take of the week, and we'll break down why Jimmy Kemski will be a dumpster fire in 2017. But first, we start off with Doriel Green Beckham being cut this week. Oh, man. Doriel Green Beckham. I tell you what, uh, probably one of the bigger wastes of God's gifts than I can ever remember. Doriel Green Beckham, the former number one overall recruit in high school, a beastly 6'5", has four-four speed, but it was also the smallest 6'4 receiver I've ever seen in my entire life. Watching this guy on a week-to-week basis was one of the more frustrating uh, uh, Eagles memories I can remember. He's one of the more frustrating Eagles I can remember, uh, and he got cut this week. I remember, I remember after the Colts game in oh, the Colts preseason game, I think it was Week Three of last year when he they threw a fade route to him, Bradford.
1: And the fade. and the touchdown.
0: No chance there.
2: Doriel Green Beckham is the man who makes the catch. One thing, one thing Green Beckham has is tremendous size. He was one of the great basketball recruits in the state of Missouri.
0: I thought he was going to be absolute steal. Dennis Kelly for for, for Doriel Green Beckham, what a steal that was. And I, I will, we're, we're in the trust tree. We talked about it last week. This whole, this whole podcast is the trust tree. And I bought into DGB. I definitely did. Because I, I just couldn't understand how a guy that talented could not figure it out. And I'm sure a lot of you out there were with me. DGB, I mean, he looked like he had solid hands. He looked like he can catch the football. He was bigger, stronger, than faster than all of the, the cornerbacks he was going up against. I bought into DGB. I thought he could have been someone here. But you know what? It didn't work out. They brought in more talent. And there's no need to really keep him around. He was a bad influence. I uh, didn't really work that hard. I didn't work hard at all. Apparently, to some of the coaches, he's the coaches even said he was more worried about going out than he was uh, showing up to practice. He, he. I remember well, the the Cincinnati game last year when he when he's wearing Yeezy Foundation cleats, even though Yeezy wasn't a real foundation. I mean, what what a shithead that guy was. And I want I want to keep it real for for a second here, and I, I'm gonna bring my voice down a little bit, just so I know that, just so you, that you know that I'm about to get really serious. ...on this podcast. I'm trying to remind... ...all the Wentz haters out there. You on draft Twitter. You Cowboys fans. You Giants fans. You Redskins fans. I want you to look at me... ...in the eyes. And I don't know if I plan on doing this... ...this look at me thing every week... ...but I feel like it's really important. Because I want you to understand something. All of you Wentz haters. Doriel Green Beckham... ...was probably... The Eagles' second best receiver last year, behind Jordan Matthews. Our second best receiver. Now, if you want, to, if you want to call Zach Ertz uh, a receiver, go ahead. He is more of a receiver than he is a tight end. But the overall point is this: that trash, that human garbage can, Doriel Green Beckham, was probably our second best receiver last year, and Carson Wentz still did. Pretty phenomenal things for a rookie quarterback coming from Division One AA. So while you're all talking shit, I just want to remind you that instead of DGB out there, it's going to be Alshon Jeffrey. Instead of DGB weekly going up against the 5'10 corner and the 5'10 corner batting the ball down, that's going to be Alshon Jeffrey. DGB the deep threat, that's Torrey Smith. Jordan Matthews, remember how he was our best receiver last season? He's our number three receiver out of the slot. We have actual outside receivers this year. So get all of your shitty Wentz takes out now, because guess what? By the time November and January rolls around next year, those takes are going to look like shit. Don't rewind this podcast if he turns out to have a bad season. But right now, I just want to remind you that DGB was our second best receiver last year. Just a simple reminder, because that is coming to an end once we take the field in Washington. And on a side to, a side, a sidebar, if we lose to Washington again, I'm going to lose my shit. We can't lose the Redskins six times in a row. I can't lose in that stadium. That place is a dumpster. I hate FedEx Field. I won't ever go there again. I went last year to the game. That place is 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 a garbage can. I, w- I was sitting behind the poles, but what do they call them? Pillars. I was sitting behind pillars at a football stadium, and I couldn't see half the field. How do you build a stadium like that? We cannot lose six straight to the Redskins. I won't stand for it. And yes, I did just say we. And that's important if this is the first time you're listening to the CounterPoint Podcast, because I say we, because the Eagles are a family. They're a part of us. We care a lot about the Eagles and as you care a lot about us and our opinions just kidding go win football games that's all we care about <laughs> Le blunt has a weight clause one of the best part about podcasts and talking rather than writing is you don't have to worry about spelling Legarrett blunt a hundred times because it's ridiculous is the a come after L it's a very it's a, a low-key really really tricky tough name to spell but nonetheless Legarrett blunt has a weight clause which I don't know how to feel about weight clauses because on one hand, it's like, wow, that's freaking dope, man. You can just, you can just show up, lose some weight and get $50,000 real quick. And on the other hand, it's like, why can't that happen to me? Like, uh, on, on the other hand, it's like, dude, just don't be a, don't be a, a fat ass for, for two weeks, lose like 10 pounds and boom, here's 50 grand. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous to me. Like if WIP came to me and said, "Hey, uh, lose like ten pounds and we'll give you a dollar raise," I wouldn't eat for a week. I'd rather just not hear about weight clauses because I think it's just I think it's just disgusting that all these guys have to do is not is just is just don't be fat, just don't eat and keep your regular workout regimen. You know, don't eat as much, don't go to McDonald's for the second time of the day, and and, and like all I do is do that, and all of a sudden here's fifty thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars. Is more than a lot of people make it in a year and hey more than the truths make more than your teachers make all for two weeks of just getting in shape you know what I love to see I love to see someone tell Andy Reid that he had a weight clause the The guy that had fat fast food Fridays go tell that guy that he has a weight clause I think he'd punch you in the throat being honest with you, Andy Reid would not be a happy, man. You'd see that. You'd see that face of his turn red, and then he'd look even more like a tomato. And my my my, my way too deep thought on this. I don't really get deep thoughts because I'm a very uh I'm a very on the surface guy. I don't really get too deep into things because then it's just you know, it's just not worth it. Not worth it for me. So I don't really get too deep into things. But my deep thought here, and this might be like a little too deep, is I'm wondering if the Eagles think Blunt's even fat. Or if they want to have control over him. Because the stigma about New England Patriots leaving New England is that they're just not as good anywhere else and they're going to get a payday somewhere else. And I think they, and I know Laguerre doesn't have a great background of, of being the hardest worker. So I wonder if they want him, they just want to have control over him so that he, you know, shows up the camp in shape kind of thing. But I also kind of don't think that's the case because he's on a one-year deal. If he was on a three-year deal of like 20-some million, I would think that they're, that they're they're trying to get control over him. But the fact that he's on a one-year deal, um, although he's coming off two Super Bowls, so it's like, does he really care? I, want, I do wonder if there's a little bit of is LeGarrette Blonde even fat or the, do they just want control over him kind of thing. But still, the weight clause. I, I, I don't like the weight clause. So it's, it's a slap in the face. It's, it's like it's a slap in the face to, to the common man where it's like hey don't be a fat shit for 2 weeks and here's $50,000. I think that's so and I just think it's really annoying. And I know it's not something that a lot of people get worked up over, but it's like I just want to hear about it. If you hear that he's on needs a weight clause or whatever, like like Eddie Lacy, he could make like $200,000 if he's just under 240 pounds or something. Like what is that? Ah oh, man, and these people are complaining about max contracts in the NBA. Well, these guys have weight clauses where if you don't eat like shit for 2 weeks, you can get Fifty thousand dollars. That uh, yeah, doesn't do it for me. I'd rather just not hear about it. Unfortunately, the Eagles did not release a hype video this this week, which is super disappointing because I thought they listened to the podcast and I thought I thought they'd be like, hey, you know, we'll throw a jacket bone, we'll throw them a nice little uh, hype video to, to discuss in the podcast, but it didn't happen. And uh, you know, next week, Eagles, I know you, I know you listen to the podcast, I know you're big fans, so just throw one together for me. Let me critique it. Let me break it down because I, I feel lost without it. But we do have is uh, the NFL Network asked Chase Daniel and Malcolm Jenkins what they thought of Carson Wentz's rookie year. And I'm going to let you listen to it now. And I'm, I'm going to break this down because I, I got some real hot opinions about some, th- some things Chase Daniel said.
1: What's up, man? Good luck. I'm hey. so happy for you. Thank you so much. so, so happy much. for you. Thank you. I love you. kid, y'all. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, good kid. Yeah. Good luck.
0: By the way, that's Josh McCown. Trash. I think
1: Carson's ability to Dear take Chase. the game from the college level, especially in D1 AA, to the pro level, just seamlessly. I mean, it's pretty impressive what he was able to do. He's got all the physical tools in the world. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. He is very smart, both on and off the field. And it showed, I mean, he, he played really well.
0: Wentz takes the snap, he steps up, He's firing for the end zone. Good, touchdown!
2: He really was able to just focus on football. And I think his daily approach Malcolm. was that of a veteran. Nobody had to teach him. He was there early, leaving late. He prepares, cuts out all distractions off of the field. All he did was go to work every day and make it work.
0: What it out there, Wentz! Oh, thanks, Trump guy.
2: <laughs> I knew he could throw the ball. I knew he was smart. The biggest thing that surprised me about Carson Wentz was his ability to... Create plays when things were breaking down around him, he just started to make his own stuff happen, and it became the Carson Wind Show. Carson Wentz! Carson Wentz! And it was fun to watch. Yes! Are you a robot? What,
1: the, the
2: what was the best throw in your opinion? Here Mitch. we go. Oh
1: man. That's a very difficult question. I mean, <laughs> he, made, he made some good ones. I, I go back and look at the, the New York Giants game. Thursday night, it was a Nelson Aguilar, 40 yard touchdown on an on angle rock crossing the field. Here comes the rush. Bad,
0: he it. steps up, he lets it fly, he's going deep. He's got Aguilar, he's got a touchdown.
1: Nelson was actually his third read. So a, as a quarterback, I always am like, oh, that's awesome when you can get through your read, your progression.
2: He's able to move up in the this. pocket, plant his feet, and throw a perfect ball.
1: The left corner sat down a little bit. Nelson went right by, 40-yard touchdown. You couldn't throw that any more perfectly. Stepped up, sort of double-hitched, and just felt him. A lot of rookies, especially quarterbacks, have a, a difficult time slowing the game down. For him, it just came natural.
2: Philly is excited they finally have a quarterback. I'm excited to just continue to watch him play. I think America will be watching as well. So there's a lot of good in that video.
0: A lot of really good stuff. Um, But I got a major problem with the opinions of Chase Daniel. Just some absolute trash opinions from Chase Daniel. And, and thank God, by the way, that that guy's not here anymore. Because if he's going to keep having those bad opinions around Carson, I don't need him around. Chase Daniel is another one of those athletes that like really wasn't aware of his his own situation here. Like he came here thinking he was gonna be a starter and whatnot, and he he for some reason has this heightened sense that he's this this like he just needs his shot. When anytime anyone's watching, they're like, no, but you're a good locker room guy, but you can be our backup. Even though here he might have the market the uh, the Marcus Smith syndrome, where he's like, I can't believe they drafted a quarterback, <laughs> Chase Daniel. Anyway. The throw to Aguilar in the Giants game was his best throw. I have never played quarterback in my life. But I can tell you that was not his best quarterback. That was not his best throw of the season. That was like that wasn't even the best throw to Aguilar of the season. The best throw to Aguilar of the season was in week one, the little the little the little touch pass over the shoulder. That was the best throw to Aguilar all season. Not that throw. I mean, a quarterback should be able to make that throw. What are you talking about? I don't care how many reads he went through. Read this. What was what was Carson's best throw last season? There was a good amount of best throws. I mean, week one, the 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 first touch on that to to Matthews was amazing. Uh, the one late in the game where he had to kind of had to make it so Matthews could die for it. But I think I think the went the, the throw that made me the biggest believer in Wentz was in Detroit, not the one we're all thinking of. Was at the end of the first half, the Eagles had to get down the field quickly, and uh, the the pocket broke down. Everyone was sent deep. Carson points to Jordan Matthews, throws it off one foot, back shoulder throws this thing right to Jordan Matthews. Uh, showed off the arm strength, showed off the touch, showed off the the football IQ. I think that was his best throw. Not the one to Aguilar against the Giants. I mean that uh, that, that throw was good. I was, I was glad that that Nelson caught it. But the best throw of the year was a was a was a a, a touch pass, touch d- a deep touch pass to Nelson Aguilar? What? Come on. Chase, get the trash opinion out of here. Some have called this man the bad boy of the Eagles beat. And yes, we're talking about the Philly Voices, Jimmy Kemski. And every year, he releases 10 reasons why every team in the NFC East is going to be an absolute dumpster fire. And it pisses off fans. It pisses off mostly Cowboys fans. But this year, Jimmy did say that the Giants fans got the most butthurt about it. But yes, even as some do call Jimmy Kemsky the bad boy of the Eagles beat, i got seven reasons why I think Jimmy Kemsky is going to be a dumpster fire in 2017. And let's bring it into the real thing. Reason number one, Ian Rappaport beat him to the Jordan Hicks injury. Yes, I was watching NFL Network and scrolling across the ticker along the bottom was Ian Rappaport reporting that Jordan Hicks... Broke his hand while on his honeymoon in Greece. I heard it there first. No one else had it first. It was it was Ian Rappaport on NFL Network, and no one else reported it before that. And then and then Jimmy came in, and chimed in with he's going to be out uh, six weeks with this with this broken hand. Uh, the good thing about the the jo- the Jordan Hicks injury is that I feel like you know, I don't have any questions about his cons- his uh, his, uh, his character. So I think it was a, a more of a fluke injury than anything. But still, you can't be getting beat out by Ian Rapport of NFL of NFL Network, Jimmy. So that's reason number 1. Why Jimmy Kempsey is going to be a dumpster fire in 2017. Reason number 2. Every candid photo of Jimmy recently looks like he just felt his stomach turn. He's looking more and more disheveled in every one of these photos. And Philly.com keeps running <laughs> Philly.com keeps running these 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 photos with of Joe Douglas and Jimmy in the background looking like he just got done taking a shit. Or he just felt felt like he was about to take a shit. Tell you what, he's looking more and more disheveled in every one of these photos. It's not he's got it looks like he just wait, he looks like he rolls out of bed with a, with a five o'clock shadow. He doesn't roll out of bed with with twenty and ten. He rolls out of bed disheveled and then shows up to work. Something going on there, Jimmy? Could it be a reason? Could we could could on the surface everything's fine, but deep down something's going on. So this I read into this kind of stuff, Jimmy. I really do. Reason number three. Now a lot of people chart passes past breakups, red zone efficiency. I chart Jimmy Kemsky stick figures. And I got one question, Jimmy. Where had the stick figures gone? Now, you, you came in hot with, with, with your... You used a gif this time of a Cowboys fan. You uh, used a stick figure in your post. So that was your, that was two stick figures, one gif. We'll count it, though. I'll let you slide with that. We'll, we'll count the gif as a stick figure because I know the time they put into that. But where are the stick figures gone, Jimmy? I mean this is this is this is how this is how you, you got on the map. I went back on your Twitter account. You're averaging about one point five stick figures per month. It's down. It's down. We gotta get your stick figures your stick figure game back up. Reason number three why I think Jimmy Kempsey is gonna be a dumpster fire in twenty seventeen is no one knows where the stick figures are. Where have they gone? Moving on to number four, the man that some of the business have called the young Schefter, Ben Albright. He's pulling up chairs on his beachfront property inside Jimmy Kemsky's head. <laughs> yeah, Ben Albright. These two got into a Twitter battle last week, and Albright just kept making solid points over and over again to get completely debunking every time. Uh, every time Kemsky came at him, it was like Muhammad Ali dodging shot after shot. It's like Floyd Mayweather gonna be dodging those McGregor punches in a couple months. Ben Albright was landing haymaker after haymaker on Kemsky. And it's reason number four why why Kempsey's going to be a dumpster fire in 2017 is that Ben Albright, he's got real estate in Kemsky's head and I, and I just haven't seen uh, recovery enough from I Just haven't seen it, to be honest with you. Reason number five, we go back to the Jordan Hicks thing. Jimmy is one of the more quick-witted, fast thinkers on the Eagles beat and it's why he is the best out there. But it took him 45 minutes to make the Cabana Boy reference in relation to Jordan Hicks. As we all know, Nigel Bradham had the had the Cabana Boy incident last last offseason down in Florida. It took Jimmy 45 minutes to make that connection between Jordan Hicks and the Cabana Boy and saying there was no involvement of the Cabana Boy. Jimmy, buddy, look at me. You're better than that. You're faster than that. And we all deserve better. 45 minutes is too long to make a Cabana Boy reference, in my opinion. That's all I'm going to say. Reason number six, Jimmy. Is that you are a a man that is usually fully on board with with shitting on old takes. But you know what you did, Jimmy? And this is reason number six as to why you're going to be a dumpster fire in 2017. Is you got all up on your high horse. And you looked down. Upon the people participating in retweet Armageddon. you said it was stupid. Jimmy. Buddy. You just don't get it. You don't get why we did it. And that's fine. You're usually one that that loves shitting on old takes. But come on, man. We're having fun. I do it's so serious and on your high horse. I mean, if, if that's not any indication as to why Jimmy Kemski is going to be a Domester Fire in 2017... I don't know what is and finally reason number seven they called michael kendrick's my gal so he's at ota's right and and carson wentz lays this move on, on michael kendrick's he, calls, he said he said on my on my gal michael kendrick's so now so now jimmy we can't even rely on jimmy for 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 practice takes if we define better practice, takes somewhere else, somewhere where he's not calling Michael Kendricks his gal. Because we know that's not right. <sighs> I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, but I think I laid out a pretty stone cold case against Jimmy Kamsky and why he's gonna be a dumpster fire in 2017. And finally, this week we have the hashtag a hundred take of the week, and luckily for all of us, he who shall not be named is not on the hashtag 100 Take of the Week this week, even though he was on it last week. He who shall not be named actually had a really good week this week. He had had a lot of good opinions. Scrolling through his Twitter account, I agreed with all of them. And he did not say that Nelson Aguilar had a better camp than than Alshon Jeffrey. (laughs) So, thank God for that. But who is on the hashtag 100 Take of the Week this week is John... John Machado. I was gonna say Machota. That sounded weird. I'm gonna say machada It's not Mach. John Machado. Machado. John Machado. I'm gonna say that. That sounds about right. Anyway, he covers the Cowboys for the Dallas News. Right. So, of course, this take is just—it's just—it's just got Cowboys slobber all over it that disgusting cowboy muck this muck this rat all over it and just and just listen to this take because it is so absurd and it is so it's just so stupid and it's it's very representative of a guy who covers the Cowboys and it was probably a Cowboys fan growing up? It's it's that stupid. So, and I'm sure you've seen it, but base salary for upcoming season: Steph Curry, thirty four point six million; Blake Griffin, twenty nine point seven million; Mike Conley, twenty eight point five million; Dak Prescott, five hundred forty thousand. Oh my God! Oh, John, what a what a phenomenal point. Oh, such a good point, John. That's really way to use Twitter, man. what sweet way to get your way to get your eleven hundred retweets. This was such a ploy to get retweets, and if you retweeted this, just go take a bath because this is embarrassing. If this is a seri, if you're seriously, if you're like, I feel like the same people that retweeted this are the same people that retweet Skip Bayless as an actual sports analyst. Because this point is, when you look at it on the surface, it's like, wow, that's actually not a bad point. But, but then once you think about it for 30 seconds, and you're like, oh wait, Dak Prescott, first off, are we sure Dak Prescott's good? Because I'm not. And I know that sounds very Eagles fan of me, but I am fully prepared to die on a Dak Prescott actually sucks hill. And I think if you switch Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz, the Eagles will be way worse off and the Cowboys would be on a way higher trajectory. But that's nevertheless, and don't find that audio in eight months. But look at this context for 30 seconds. I just beg of you, before you smash the retweet button, just look at it for 30 seconds. Dak Prescott is a rookie who came off a good rookie year who's playing on a fourth round salary of course he's making five hundred forty thousand dollars what do you think he's gonna do what do you think he should be making 34 million i mean are you kidding like why this is like it's such a like a a stupid ploy to get retweets in what fucking world are you comparing proven nba stars to a fourth rounder on a rookie deal like it's just it's just a moot point. It's, just a, it's a point that, it's like, it's, oh my god, it's like, it's a point to, to try to get deep and try to like really, you know, put things into perspective, right? Try to put things into perspective when you're pairing Dak Prescott. I mean, seriously, honestly, honestly, and I, I shit on these points a lot, but like you should have, you should have put a teacher's salary on there. That would have been a better. That would have been better than putting Dak Prescott's salary on there. If if you said Steph Curry thirty four million, Blake Griffin twenty nine million, Mike Conley twenty eight million, teacher salary thirty five thousand dollars. First off, John, if you knew anything about Twitter, you would have got more retweets. So you putting up Dak Prescott is just so stupid, and I, I, all those sheep that retweeted that so dumb, and I hate it. I hate when I see stuff like that. I hate when people just try to say, try to like sound. That's a, that's a, your classic sound smart, but actually you're fucking stupid. This is, this is no longer the hashtag Hunter Take of the Week. It's the, it's a try to sound smart, but you're actually fucking dumb Take of the Week. Um, but yeah, that's gonna do it for the Counterpoint Podcast, brought to you by BGN Radio. Thanks to John and the gang for letting me do this podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it. I uh, hope you all get it. Uh, the, the responses last week were were amazing I never thought I'd have that many people listening to me talk about dumb things in the Eagles but you did and it was awesome and, and your feedback was phenomenal and uh, I hope we can grow this thing I hope we have a lot more fun with it because I'll tell you what I had a lot of fun doing listen, 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 listen. What your second record, and it's the song you wrote. Uh, yes, I write most.